You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and I'm your host, Jason Cook. Every Monday we have David Leo, and David, welcome. Thank you. Happy Monday, everyone. And uh, your series entitled Encounters with Jesus, we're up to episode number three today. Mm. What's the uh, title of today's uh, episode, David? Born Again. Awesome. Born Again. Okay, and that's on John chapter 3. Correct. That's right. Awesome. Well, before we get into it, just a couple of things. Um, I just want to remind our listeners that soon you're going to be hosting a special program up at uh, Devonport called Mm -hmm. The Live More Project. Do you want to just uh, remind our listeners what that's all about? Sure. So it's a a 10-week program, and once every week we get together, we watch a 20-minute video, and we have a new challenge every week on how to um, make our health and well-being uh, better. And so it's just a fun-loving thing. It's uh, you know, it's always better to do things in bunches. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that starts on the twenty seventh of of May at six p.m. So if you want to get more information about that program, uh, you can text our number. This is our show number, the Tassie Encounters number, which is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Just text the word one word live more. Just one word live more. Uh, to 0488880891 and we'll send you back a link where you can click on that on your phone and browse to a website where you can get more information. Hmm. So David, um, we are here today to study the the chapter of chapter 3 of John. Yep. And uh, I guess uh, that contains one of the most famous verses in the Bible. It is. It is famous, John three sixteen. But um, you know, amongst Christians, it's a very well known text. And I wonder, I wonder, Jason, do you know it? Yes, I do know it. Yeah, can you say it for us? Because I think some, if some think I don't know John three sixteen, but if you hear it, you probably go, "Oh, that sounds familiar." It is. Can yep. say it for, I can yeah. say, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life." Mm, what a beautiful text and. I'll tell you something. It's it's interesting because uh, you know as, as popular as we think this is amongst uh, Christians and Bible readers, uh, there's a famous football player, American football player. His name's Tim Tebow. You know Tim Tebow, Jason? I don't actually. I don't. I don't follow American follow the, football at all. <laughs> in, you know, anyway, this guy was one of the best quarterbacks during the time. In 2009, uh, there was a final championship, and you know the the, the paint that they put under their um, eyes. The black paint. I have seen that. Yes. Why did they yeah. do that, David? I, I have no idea. Actually, <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't know why the, the zinc goes under the eyes. Okay. But he he put um he put writing under his eyes, and one said John, and the other side said three sixteen. Okay. And after the game, so as popular as we think it is, after the game, ninety four million people Googled John three sixteen. Awesome. To find out what does it say? Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. So. Um, you know, as much as we think it's popular, there's a lot of people that don't know what John three sixteen looks like, and uh, they got to see that text that you just you just said uh, minutes ago, and it's an amazing text. Yeah. Um, just uh, as an interjection, there, I will remind our listeners that we do have an offer later in the program, and that will be on that same number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. That offer will be a special book called Real Peace, Real Answers, and I guess it. Uh, 
you know, really contains. I, I'd, I'd actually be surprised if it doesn't contain this verse in that book. So, mm. yeah, so it's a fantastic little book. So we'll give you the code word for that later in the program. So sorry to interject there, but uh, let's keep going, David. Yeah, well, one of my favorite writers, she says that uh, if the Bible could be summed up in, in one Bible text, it would be this one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the the message that comes from it, you know, this, uh, this God that will not forget about this world and the people that he created in it, and he would go as far as to send his only son to save this world. Mm. But save them from what? And that's why I think it's important that we look at John 3 and look at the actual passage. So yeah. um, we'll open our Bibles and, and go to John 3. Okay. And uh, Jason, would you mind reading that? The, the, just the verses 1 to 12. We're not, actually, we're not actually going to get to 16 yet, but we want to build the story around it and find out why. You know, and, okay. and why we're talking about born again. Sure. So in my Bible, it's titled, You Must Be Born Again. And you verse, must be born again. verse yeah. 1 of chapter 3 says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mm. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Wow. Wow, what a, what a confronting uh, conversation. Um, and this you guy, know, this guy, it says, was the uh, a, a ruler of the Jews, Nicodemus. That's right. He was part of the Sanhedrin, mm. um, you know. So he was he was an important member of of that body of the leadership. And it goes to show what you've just pointed out. It goes to show why uh, the Bible mentions that he comes in the evening. Mm. You know, he, he came at night because he didn't want to be seen by his peers talking to Jesus. <laughs> coming to Jesus. That's not mm. a um, acknowledged acknowledged leader in the in the community mm. you know and and uh, there's something about Jesus that Nicodemus has, has observed and thought I need to find something out I need to find out more about this gentleman you know I need to there's something about him that is different you know and and I want to find out uh what it is and when he does he he ends up entering this conversation and it's interesting when you, the last sentence that you uh that you you wrote uh that you read um, we kind of talked about that in episode one. You know, he says, how can I talk to you about the things of earth, uh, of, of heaven, 
if you can't even understand the things of earth? Yeah. How can I talk about abstract things when you can't even click on what what's happening right in front of you? Yeah. You know, and it's uh, and and it's a legitimate question. I think it's a legit legitimate question that Nicodemus asked Jesus. You know, uh, what do you mean, be born again? How, mm. how do we? You know, how do we? And it, and it's a saying. It's a saying that's popular today. You know, people. People talk about being born again, you know, as it's, it's, a, it's a Christian thing, but I'm not sure that, you know, many people really understand what it means. Yeah, and so in that verse, that last verse that you read, this is being born again, being able to see the world in a different way where Jesus is able to explain heavenly things, hmm. you know, by using the terms like well, the wind, you know, like wherever the wind blows and um, you, you're talking being born again and being uh, understanding, oh, I got to see the world again differently. Mm. So Jesus is not necessarily talking about going back into your mother's womb. He's saying you need to see the world through different eyes because you've been conditioned to see things one way. And what I'm what you what I'm, I'm about to do is make you see the world in a whole different light. Mm. And to be able to conceive conceive that and perceive it, you got to be born again. You know, and, and only Jesus can do that. Yeah. Well, um, let's uh, go to a music break, David. We've actually got a, a song called Born Again, and uh, this song is nice. by a group called Third Day. I, I quite like some of their music. So Born Again, it feels born like again. I'm born again. Just listen to this. Today I found myself After searching all these years And the man that I saw He wasn't at all who I thought he'd be Well, I was lost when you found me here And I was broken beyond repair And then you came I'm 
born again by third day. And uh, you could hear in the words of that song how much of a change it's made in the life of the the singer, obviously, here, where he's talking about being born again. Uh, Jesus says, uh, again, we've been talking about this in uh, John chapter 3, and I'm just going to read verse 6 again, David. Mm-hmm. It says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Um, help me understand those uh, verses a bit more, David. Yeah, so um, Nicodemus has asked the question, and Jesus is, is trying to answer it for him, and he jumps into this born-again idea. And I've heard from I've heard from one of my favorite preachers, and he said there's four really important things that happen to, in, in our lives, and uh, we really have no um, bearing on its decision bar one. Right, so I'll say all four. The first one is being born the first time. Yeah, nothing to do with that. Hmm. The other decision, the other thing is uh, being born again. Third one is getting married, if you choose to do that. And yep. four is dying. You know, a lot of these things don't really happen, but when it comes to being born again, the, the inference here is changing your mind, changing the way you see the world. And Every single one of us, you, me, uh, anyone that's listening to the show right now, they have a specific and I have a specific way of interpreting the world and what the world looks like. You know, I believe that uh, God created the world, that um, I believe that I'm a child of God. I believe that uh, truth can be found in Jesus Christ. But not everyone has the same idea. You know, there's a one of the popular ideas in the, in the world that we live in is that um, people believe that the world evolved that man is a you know was just a chance product that we just came from this evolution of the big bang and truth is something that is relative and you can just you know what's true for you is true for you what's true for me is true for me and that's a a very different way of seeing the world and so so this so this phrase being born of where it says that which is born of the spirit is spirit I'm I'm struggling to fully understand that. So, as opposed to what you've just been describing, yes. How how is it how is it different when it when we're born of the spirit? So when you're born of the spirit, well, what happens is changing your worldview. You know, when you're starting to change the way you see the world, that's not that's not an easy thing. When someone decides, you know what, I'm I don't believe that, um, you know that uh, it's turtles all the way down, you know, the belief that there's, I actually, you know, I'm changing my understanding that uh, perhaps I am a, I am someone that God planned, you know, that the Bible does say what it says, that, that's, yeah. that, that's a really difficult transition, that's somebody going through the experience, experience of being born again, because as soon as they latch onto the words of Christ, they are now being, they're starting to be born in the spirit, and when things are spoken when, when they hear words or they meet people or they see things around them and God is speaking to them, they start to pick up these things and realize they, they start interpreting in its spiritual nature. So so it's a bit like, you know, a total change of heart, a bit like it's a, a change of um, understanding, uh, you know, in, in terms of, you know, before being born of the Spirit, perhaps... I guess we are very uh, self-oriented, um, 
you know, uh, your material, material oriented. Whereas yeah. when, when we start to be affected by the spirit, when we're born by the spirit, we have a totally different, uh, motivation. Oh, absolutely. And Jason, I'll tell you one that, that, um, that I, when I look back and I didn't, re- I don't know how long it took me till I realized that it was happening. Um, before when I used to meet people, I used to have this immediate, a need to impress them, <laughs> you know. I wanted to win them. I wanted them to to think that you know I'm I'm a person worth engaging with and you know befriending and whatnot. And somewhere on the lines, I remember clicking. And as the person's talking in my mind, I started thinking, "Oh man, how do I help this person?" Hmm. You know, how do, the things that they're saying. It's it's um I'm I'm starting to latch on to I can say something or do something that's going to help them, and I'll ask a question or say something. Where I'm intentionally trying to help them, and and when I was conscious of that, I asked I asked myself what's happened to me, mm. <laughs> and what had happened was I had chosen to follow Jesus, and I didn't. And when I was conscious of it, I started realizing that every person that I engaged, my immediate thought was, here is a child of God, and I need them to I need them to feel valued. Mm. I need them to understand that they're loved. You know, what can I do to what can I say and do in this moment? And that was. That that's a very different David to the David before. Yeah, can yeah. can I just share a really short story of a of a good friend? I, I had a good friend who uh, was not uh, a believer, yeah. and uh, he was doing some work, some maintenance work on his house, and you know had a lot of painting and scraping old paint off, and you know filling rotten bits of wood, and you know fixing it all up. And um, I offered to go around and help him do some painting one day and he just couldn't understand why I would do that he couldn't understand because there was nothing you know there was no benefit from me going to help him and and I you know I just said to him look you know it's much more enjoyable when there's two people (laughs) I know I know how much I hate you know doing laborious work on my own it's a lot easier when you've got somebody to talk to and you know spend time with and what have you but it was it was really interesting how he could not fathom i guess from this worldly perspective or the the perspective of there's nothing more than me you know i i live for myself i do things that are good for me uh for somebody offering to go and help him do do what he would consider a, a, a horrible tedious task right with no hidden agenda with no hidden agenda yeah mm. yeah and and that's you know that's a um that's a christ empowering thing you know that's that's christ speaking to christ disciples and saying hey i want you to move this way and you think you think for you put yourself in nicodemus's shoes here's a guy who's a ruler in the sanhedrin well educated in the jewish customs the jewish stories the um the way you know the Judaism works. He, this guy's a master at it, mm. and now he's he's come in the dark so no one can see him, and he's asked this question: "Hey, Jesus, can you teach me some things?" And Jesus has challenged him with this thought: "You need to be born again." And he's saying to Nicodemus, "Nicodemus, everything that you've learned, you need to unlearn it, so yeah. I can teach you what I need to teach you." Yeah, you know, and, and this is going to be a, for anybody. Where the where your worldview is going to change, where everything that you've been conditioned to understand, where it's like your friend, you know, um, no, it's tit for tat. If I if you take something, if you give me something, I must give you something back. We've been so well conditioned in that understanding mm. that when 
Jesus comes and says, hey, listen, I'm about to change things. I'm going to give you something, and I don't want anything back. Hmm. You know, in, the, in, in our natural world, we're going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, something sus is going on here. <laughs> and uh, Nicodemus is going through this now. Jesus is giving him a course, and he challenges him, and he, and he gives him the crash course. He says, aren't you one of the teachers of the law, and you don't know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, it, and it, it's so interesting too that um, you know right back in verse two where it says uh, he he came to Jesus because he could recognize that Jesus mm. was from God. So there was something in him that could recognize Jesus uh, for who he was, and yet he he couldn't totally understand until I guess after he had this discussion. Jason, and and that's. Isn't, that's good enough, isn't it? Mm. The, you know, I don't think Nicodemus understands at the moment the fact that he recognizes the Holy Spirit's already working in his life. He knew something was there. He, yeah. he knew something was there. His, his, mm. his curiosity and the fact that he acted upon it, yeah. the fact that he acted upon and approached Jesus, you know, he didn't just go, oh, I wonder, and didn't do anything about it. Yeah. He said, I wonder, I'm, I'm actually going to sneak out at night. Hopefully no one's going to recognize me, and I'm going to ask him myself. What a great attitude! <laughs> so he came, yeah, and he, he came directly to to meet Jesus in person, have that discussion, and then it, that's th- right. there's not a lot more that's said about Nicodemus, is there? In in the uh, Bible, I think there's one other reference later in his life. Or? There's, there's a, there are just two others, two yeah. others that uh, we'll, we'll touch on that later. Yeah, but cool. um, you know, I'm just just taking that time to to, to realize that he came. He must have known that it was going to be there was going going to be some discomfort, mm. and he recognized Jesus like you said, and Jesus recognized him too. Mm. Aren't you a teacher? Yeah, that you should. You know, if if that was me, I'd be going, "Yeah, I am. Why why don't I know this? There must be something wrong in in my understanding." <laughs> well, something know? something lacking. Uh, obviously, he he was still searching for something because he he wanted to come to Jesus to find That's out right. something that That's he didn't right. have. So. Yeah. It's, it's time for another break, but uh, just before we do, I'll remind our listeners of our number, 0488-880-891, and mm. uh, we'll give you a code word later in the program. Real Peace, Real Answers is the book that we're giving away today. It's a fantastic little book. So uh, this next piece of music is called A Blind Man. Um, we After the break, I believe we're going to be talking about The Blind Man, are we, David? Is that right? Oh, just just uh, this is Nicodemus opening his eyes. Ah, okay. So you, you, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was blind, and now he now he can see. He's starting to see. So this is uh, Anders Svensson singing the blind man.
girl singing next to me She sang of Jesus' name And how he came to save And my old friend came running by I heard him laugh instead of crying He spoke of Jesus' name He's now no longer lame A man stood down and made some clay He walked to me then gently touched my eyes I rubbed my eyes and I saw the light I saw the light and it was so bright I saw the face of the one who healed my eyes Fenson and mm. uh, David, you were telling us how Nicodemus, in a way, was blind until he came to meet Jesus, until he came at night and he had this conversation with him about being born again. Yeah, that's right. Um, Nicodemus coming under the, the guise of night, he wants to find out more about Jesus Christ, and Jesus is introducing him to this new idea of, you know, of uh, uh, Nicodemus's faith. Nicodemus, a ruler of the Pharisees uh, in, the, in the, the group of the Sanhedrin, but basically part of the elite, and yet he's coming to the realization, man, I don't really understand. I don't see what I thought I saw. And Jesus is helping him you know, open his eyes and, and find out what salvation is really about. And it's amazing. We're about to flesh that out. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to 
read the you read uh, John three verse one to twelve earlier. Yes, and I'm going to read the rest from uh, thirteen to seventeen. Okay, thirteen to seventeen, and it, and it, so it finishes off at uh, um, how can I explain heavenly things if you can't understand earthly things, right? Yep. And he goes on and says, No one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so um, we put that in context now, and we see that, the, that Jesus is now delivering to Nicodemus this understanding of salvation. And we see this, um, we see the, the text in there, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whomever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Hmm. And this this text, popular amongst Christians and believers and some people that uh, may know the, the Bible verse, it's often interpreted uh, that for God so, that word so there, you know, in, in the English language, uh, so was used as an adverb in two ways, right? The first way that, that so was used, it's used to uh, put extension to, uh, to an explanation of something or trying to make it... Um, you know, make make it uh, put more emphasis on on it. You know, so I went to the I went to this uh, rugby field, and the field looked so, so big. big, yeah, so big, yeah. yeah, and it was so hot, and you know? so, and so loved in this. Case. That's right. Yeah. So so they'll, they'll say God so loved, but the second way that we use this adverb in the English language is uh, so as in a comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, as like as in so what sort of thing is that what you mean? Or um, you know his uh, his strength was as um, was was oh so oh man I'm trying to put it in, in the sentence but <laughs> so as it was um, with the strength of Bob that was at the the axe competition you know the it's using it to compare one thing with uh, the other yeah yeah, yeah. so right. Yeah, so it's like this, so it's like that, so it's like, you know. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, and so we have to look at the previous verse to understand the use of that. And it's, it's, this, this is actually comparing, for God so loved the world, and, and it's comparing it with the previous one. Yeah. And verse 14 and 15 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Mm. So in comparison to this, and as Moses lifted up the serpent. And so what happens here, and here's a hint to any uh, Bible student, when, when you're reading something in the New Testament and it makes reference to something that's in the Old Testament, go back and read the story yeah. because there's something significant there. So we'll do that, Jason. Let's okay. go back to figure out the story. So as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... How is that similar to for God so loved the world? And so we'll, we'll flesh out and find out, oh, what, what, what is it that, that, um, that Jesus is trying to tell Nicodemus now? Okay. Does, do, do you think Nicodemus knows this story? 
he would have to know it being Absolutely. a uh, religious leader. Um, he would have. He would have clicked straight away. He would have when, studied when, this. That's right. As soon as he says, you know, the same way Moses lifted up the serpent, he would have, you know, like a like a little kid that that's learned everything. Like, yeah, I know that story. Of course, I know that story. Everyone knows that story. Yeah. And then he taught him a lesson. Well, the same way that happened in the in the wilderness, this is how God loves us. Yeah. And then he teaches him. And, and now I'm looking at him saying, I know that story. But what you're talking about now? <laughs> What's that? You know, but so let's, let's have a read of the story. Okay, so this is in Numbers 21, <clears throat> verse 4 to 9, and it's titled The Bronze Serpent. Mm. From Mount Hor they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So we get some context now to what Jesus is trying to teach at Nicodemus. Uh, now, this, yeah. now, admittedly, this, this story brings up a whole new set of questions, doesn't it? It does. Oh, yeah. So, but but the the we'll, we'll stick to what we're going to talk about this this um, today. But uh, you know, we look at uh, the 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 general summary is the people are complaining. Mm. You know, and just just previously, God gives them a win in, in a battle, and now they're traveling and they they they're now I suppose whinging and saying, you know, why are we going this way? Why have you brought us out of a place that we're comfortable with? And you're, we're now complaining about the food that you provide us every day. You know, and it's, it's such a huge reflection because if you apply it to the time that we're living, you know, it's, it's hard to appreciate anything when you're in a whinging mode. Do you know mm. what I mean, Jason? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it, you know, Every, anything, everything's, everything's bad if you're, if you don't have the right, um, frame of mind. Oh, that's right. Mm. Everything's bad. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's just, it doesn't, you know, people try to, do a kind gesture and you think oh no no I don't want that and they start complaining and the Bible says that God sent these fiery serpents and they were they were poisonous and some of them died and as they they called out to Moses please Moses help us he puts up this he's told to put up this um, bronze serpent and it must have been on an elevated uh, surface because all of them needed to look look at this serpent and whoever looked at it they lived Hmm. It says it says it was set on a pole, so obviously something high. Yeah, and, and and when they looked to the serpent, that's all they had to do. They just had to look to the serpent, and their the poison no longer had that effect on them. Hmm. So this so, this is really talking about life and death situation. Life and death situation, right here. Yes, yeah. and, and and the we, solution to to be able to live when. Otherwise, they would be dying. That's right. That's right. 
And so you, somehow, to, somehow that's connected with the uh, what Jesus had just been talking to Nicodemus about. Absolutely. Now you're now you're yeah you're right onto it, Jason. He's now now when we put for God to love the world that He gave His only Son. Mm. You know there, there there is there is the comparison. He's now making the parallel. So the Son is going to be like the serpent. Mm. You know, and needs to believe that if they believe in the Son, they have eternal life. And he goes on furthermore in 17. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. The serpent wasn't, you know, that bronze serpent wasn't there to say to them, oh, look at you. Oh, look at you guys crawling around, you know, needing needing me. <laughs> it wasn't there to condemn the world, but it was ordered that the world might be saved through him. Yeah. Right. So now, that, now there's this invitation to every single individual, knowing that uh, just some previously it says that, um, that the Son of Man must be lifted up. In verse 14, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Just like the servant on the pole. That's right. And there's a double, there's, there's a few references here of lifted mm. up, lifted mm. up on, uh, on high, lifted up on the cross, lifted up as in, you know, from a, from a humble servant to the God that he is. But the Son of Man has to be lifted up and people must believe in him. As they turn their eyes like the Israelites did when they looked at the, the bronze serpent, we must turn our eyes towards Jesus for everything that, that we are, for the poison, the poison of the things that eat us up every single day. Mm. Yeah. Look to Jesus. Look to the Son of God to be saved. Yeah. But and, and it's we, really the same, the same thing, isn't it? Without doing, without this uh, verse 18 where it says, whoever believes in him, you know, in the, in the case of the Israelites, it was whoever looked at the mm-hmm. serpent that was lifted up. That's it, right. It's our, I guess, it's our responsibility to actually take that step to believe, and then we can be saved. And and the, what you just said there, Jason, that's one of the biggest differences in being born again, mm-hmm. right? There's one thing that you look with your eyes, and there's one thing that you look with the eye of faith. Yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. It's but, time for another break, David. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this song. This song is called You and Your Crown and uh it's a it's a great song. I love the uh I love the music, I love the words. It talks about how Jesus can actually save us from the fire. And uh yeah, I think it's relevant to our discussion. It's by Matthew Mole. And just remember, real peace, real answers. The book we're going to give away zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. The sun goes down and the moon cries out its love for you. The world confides in the love that hides between the two. And I know I'm not afraid to call this home. And I know that you aren't too. And you fall down in the light, in the blinding light. And you, your crown, win the fight, win the From the fire they're leading themselves into 
A world apart, there's a new restart if you simply choose. And I know I'm going to a better place, and I hope that you are too. And you. Truth and the meaning of life, so we're protected and leading. Don't be heeding these lies, proceeding through every direction you're leading. It's you who knows the truth and the meaning of life, so we're protected and leading on. Win the fight mm. by looking to Jesus. And uh, Nicodemus came to have this discussion with Jesus. But what happened to Nicodemus? What happened yeah, to him? Well, he, uh, thankfully, uh, the John, John hints that he believed in Jesus. Because the next time we learn about, um, learn about uh, Nicodemus, He's mentioned in chapter 7, and Jesus makes this huge proclamation. He says, he makes reference to the fact that you know, he's the water of life, and that has huge, huge implications we're not going to discuss today, but um, this really offends a lot of the, 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 the Jewish leaders. Thinking, How can you say something like that when we know where the, you know, the living water is? And they start to have a conversation about, let's arrest this guy for talking this way. Mm. And he's mentioned in uh, 7 verse 50 to 52, and he actually speaks up for Jesus and says, what's he done wrong? You know, have you guys checked out? Have you, have you guys had a, you know, have you gone to talk to him or anything like that? Because he knows I've spoken to him, mm. you know, and there's something about him. So he was putting his neck out in, in a way there. He certainly was. Mm. You know, he was, he was being the party pooper, you know, when everyone says, yep, let's do it. He was like, well, wait a minute. Mm. <laughs> Can I ask another question? You yeah. know, he he was that guy, and then it's he's mentioned again in um, in chapter nineteen when uh, when Jesus' body is taken off the cross. Yeah, him and another gentleman, Joseph of Arimathea, they want to take care of the burial of the body, and that's going to cost money. Mm. And so he puts his money forward, and um, you know he wants to help out with the burial and church tradition. From the from the writings of the church fathers and whatnot, they they have this um, writing to say that he helped out with all the apostles. When we read the book of Acts and a lot of the things that happened, he was one of the guys that funded that. And so this tells me he had, that when he had a real change of heart, or, a real change of heart. When he yeah. no, no, no I, I just try and imagine, I just try and imagine that the, when Jesus was on the cross 
and he's looking at the cross and he just reminisces on the conversation. He said, when the son of man is lifted up, Mm. you know, and he's looking at the cross and thinking, there it is. Jesus is the son of man, you know, and he had to make a decision. Mm. Jesus, son of God, is Mm. this, you know, and then when we follow, when we follow what he's doing, I think we get a hint into his life. And, you know, I think, um, I think that change in Nicodemus's life is a is a reflection of anybody that decides to look at the Son of Man that's lifted up and, and realize, whoa, could it be? You know, mm. could it be? And and all these doubts and all these things that Nicodemus you know went through, uh, just like you know he's thinking about the story of Moses, thinking, wow, you know, looking at Jesus, spending time with Jesus, my life has changed. I'm no longer affected by this poison <laughs> that I had. And the poison, you know, I guess for him was this uh, this old way of thinking, the way that the Pharisees and, and the other religious leaders were thinking at the time. And they, they, they really, most of them, were unable to change, were they? they? They were the ones who were wanting to actually plot to kill Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and it's, it's big. You know, when you start looking at the lives that these... Um, that these Pharisees and the priests and things were doing at that time, uh, there was a lot of uh, corruption happening as well. You know, they were in each other's, uh, they were in pockets of the Roman Empire and uh, the soldiers, and they're all working, they're all in cahoots with each other. Mm. And, you know, Jesus is coming to disrupt this the system that they've got going. Mm. And Nicodemus must have had something in his heart, this integrity where he thought, this isn't right, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like some of these things it needs to be addressed and and uh when you probably, when you saw the integrity in Jesus and saw the way Jesus conducted himself with his disciples, he must have been thinking, I want what he's got mm. you know, I, I want what the, the, the disciples they've they're looking at him differently, and you know there's probably a better a better way of doing things, and he's part of the leadership. people are looking up to him mm. you know and it's, it must have just eaten him up at at night as he goes to sleep and you know, one particular night he chose, rather than sleeping, <laughs> struggling with sleeping, and we go talk to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, to talk to him, yeah. To talk to him, yep. engage with him, yeah. So, David, um, we've got a few minutes left, but uh, I guess what's important is what the message is for us today, right here, right now. Yeah, okay. So this we talked about how important and popular this Bible text is, mm. and we've just put it in context now, and I think for anybody, you, me, the listeners um, that are hearing this right now, you know, we, we know what that's like when uh, life just doesn't feel right. You know, there's something that we're, we're, we're doing, something that we're thinking. There are things that are um, just eating us up inside, mm. you know, and it's, and it's a way towards death. And my encouragement is right here, right now, Look to Jesus Christ, and you take on the same confront- uh, the, the same um, challenge that Jesus gave to Nicodemus. Not only look, but believe. Believe that He's the one that can save you, eternal life, meaning you know life now. You can you can claim that life now in Jesus Christ, and let the transformation begin. Let the re- rebirth begin. So, so we can't we can't get up in the night and go and knock on the door of Jesus. So, how do we do that? Well, you can send that code word to the um, 
to the number that you've provided. Logos number one is our yeah, code word for today. We'll give it to you now. Logos number one, and that's not the word number, but the logos is the word, L-O-G-O-S, and then the digit one. Yeah, logos and, one. And that book will help you open up the words of Christ, which is the Bible, and you can you can start engaging, and you'll be challenged, just like Nicodemus was, but the challenge comes with you changing the way you, your worldview and seeing things that, the way that Christ is teaching us and, you know, challenging us. Be born again. Be yeah. born again. Yeah. So that number, in case you've uh, lost it or you haven't written it down, is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and the code is LOGOS number one. I'll remind you about what we talked about at the beginning of our program as well, the Live More Project, and that's going to be running not just in Devonport, it's going to be running in other places around the state as well. But you can also text Live More to that same number, and we will send you a link where you can uh, use your web browser to go and find out more information about that. It's a program that's run by Elia Wellness. If you do a search also on Google, you can search for Elia, which is E-L-I-A, Wellness, and type in the Live More Project as well. So Elia Wellness, the Live More Project, and you will find the information about that. So David, just before we sign off and uh, Mm. ask about your next week's program, what else do you have to, uh, to say to our listeners uh, I wish you God's blessings, and um, yeah, I really do. I really do encourage you. Like with Nicodemus, if you haven't done, had that conversation with Christ, then you know, do it. It's um, it's a conversation worth having. Yeah. Absolutely worth having. Yeah. yeah. And remember, look, if you're not sure about something, you can text us on that number, and uh, we'll do our best to get back to you quickly. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Mm. So next Monday, David, you're back with us next Monday. And what's your program for next week going to be about? It's about a woman at a particular well where you draw water. So it's the woman at the well and Jesus is going to encounter her now. And we're going to look at, um, again, just the amazing things that happen when you engage in a conversation with Jesus. And this time it's talking about places of worship. So how does Jesus replace the places of worship so we'll be looking at that okay that's awesome and tomorrow's program with gary webster lifetime search secrets unearthed health wellness and the babylonian psychics i'm looking forward to that one because there's some stuff in there that i have no idea what he's going to be talking about so (laughs) i'm really looking forward to listening to that that's uh, tomorrow with Gary Webster at 9am. And if you're listening in Tasmania, also 4.30pm. Mm. Now, remember that if you've missed any past episodes, you can catch us by going to the website, faithfm.com.au. And on the website, you can find our program, Tassie Encounters, and you'll be able to browse back to previous episodes and listen to any one of them. There's five episodes a week with different presenters each day, so you can find them there. Or if, you, uh, if you've got a phone that you use uh, or a tablet, you can also go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app, which you can also listen to both the live program and the past episodes. So um, 
for today. That's about all we've got for you. Remember, Faith FM on 87.6, 87.8 and 88.0. We uh, pray that the rest of your day is a good one. Thanks mm-hmm. for joining us today, David, and we look forward Thank to you. having you with us next week. Yes, yeah, see you then. Thanks. <laughs>